I really wish there was a way that people could see us backstage <laughs> while we're listening to the music because we are jamming, jamming hard today. And it is Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern. That means it's time for another Kick-Ass Career Conversation. I'm Kim. I'm Louise. And, and we're joined today by... Wendy. <laughs> Wendy, we're going to let the world know all about you, Wendy, in just a little bit. But first, we want to start off this week like we start off every week. Friends, what are we celebrating this week? I love this. I always love this question. Uh, we were talking about this even earlier this week, uh, mm -hmm. Kim, you and I, on our little micro mini class that we have around uh, planning. Uh, and it was really all about reflecting and celebrating and finding the goodness in our week. Uh, and yeah, uh, my goodness in my week, uh, so many great conversations again this week, just really celebrating, uh, celebrating that. And I think even more so, I'm celebrating the work that I'm doing with my private one-on-one -on -one clients to really create that safe space that they have, that they can just like puke it all out. Um, and it's really, I hope not literally. No, so nobody had no, no, no vomiting of, right. But really like folks are really like just kind of embracing that whole, right. Like here we are having this, this really um, important conversation and people are just showing up like so vulnerable and so like authentic and just like spilling their guts and wanting to do that deep, hard work. Um, it, it's been a week of that. So I don't know, Kim, like energetically wise or like what's going on with the, there's always, Mercury's always in more retrograde, but no. whatever's no, going we're dealing on. With Pluto right now, I learned this morning. <laughs> <laughs> just whatever's going on. I just saw it throughout my whole week. And so I guess I'm just really celebrating uh, those beautiful humans who show up um, uh, on my calendar and show up for themselves in, uh, in our sessions. It's been really, really fantastic to be a part of that this week. Wendy, how about you? What are you celebrating? I have so actually, this has been like a really great week. And I would say energetically, energy has shifted for me this week in terms of, I was kind of like in my head like the last like several weeks and this week, everything, all of a sudden, like the fog lifted and I could breathe mm -hmm. again. And I attribute it to some things like I'm running every other day right now. And that is making me like really happy. But also like last night we had a movie night with my kids in a way that we haven't had in a long time where there wasn't complaining. It wasn't ridiculous. It wasn't, <laughs> there was no one yelling, like all the kids, all the kids have two, but everyone went to bed really easily last night. And it was just like, I've been dying to watch a Christmas movie on the couch. Like that's all I've been wanting to do. And we did that last night and it was very unexpected. Like we weren't planning on it. And it was just, it was really nice, you know, <laughs> especially the movie and, and the movie where I'm always crying. And then my daughter sees me crying and then she comes over and like cuddles me and sits on my lap. So. <laughs> I, oh, that, what did you watch? It was one of the new ones on Netflix. It was like switched family, family switch Christmas. Oh, okay. it, was, it was really good. Jennifer Garner and like the guy from one of the guys from the office. So good. So good. Yeah. She posted about it on her. I do follow Jennifer Garner on Instagram. Yeah, I, do. <laughs> it, I admit it. It's very worth it. And it's, it's very funny. Cute. She and I are besties. That's why I follow. <laughs> so Jennifer, when you and Ryan Reynolds want to come join us, for a kick-ass career conversation, because you both have kick-ass careers. We'd love to have you here. Let's keep saying those names over and over again so we get that. The algorithm SEO. loves the algorithm it. Loves it. 
Um, I love that. There is something so special about the, the words that came through are like that quiet sweetness. It's like, there's just something very nourishing about being in that space. And so that is absolutely, I love that celebration. Yay. And we're going to actually get to be hopefully, fingers crossed, in less than a month together in person. I know that would be wonderful too. So um, another wonderful human that I've never met in person, but looking forward to hopefully getting to do that. Um, so I am celebrating, I was sharing before today's show, it's been a very spiritual day for me in that uh, my first networking call of the day with, was with an amazing astrologer. Uh, my second call of the day with, with, with was with my own human design coach. Um, so I have the stuff happening right now. So <laughs> I am, that's part of my celebration is that in my life and in my work, this is actually a component of it is, is the spirituality is a component of what I do. And yay, I'm really glad that it is because it, it feels so complete for me as a human. Um, I'm also celebrating that I had this amazing conversation with my rising visionaries on Tuesday and, um, we spent, 40 minutes getting really into all of the elements of taking down the patriarchy. Like it was a juicy conversation about how each of us is working into that and spending time with that. So from the very active, how are we taking down the patriarchy to the complete immersion in woo, this has been a week that has seen a lot of fantastic balances for me and for what I love about what I've crafted for my own kick-ass career. So yeah, juicy, juicy goodness. Um, Wendy, let's let the world know about your brilliance and what you are bringing to the table today, shall we? Sure. Yay. So uh, Wendy Meadows is a best-selling author of Sparkle and Grit. She's a family law attorney turned life coach that specializes in getting her clients unstuck so they can achieve their professional and personal goals. Wendy, who has been named one of the top 100 lawyers in Maryland and over 20 years of combined experience in litigation, mediation, coaching, and consulting, offers highly relatable and spot-on insight. Today, you'll see her coaching clients, consulting for small firms, speaking at events, and mediating family law disputes. In her free time, Wendy enjoys playing in the water with her family, apparently watching wonderful uh, holiday movies on the couch with her kiddos, and dreaming up her next travel extravaganza. You can, um, we'll give you where you can connect with Wendy at the end of today's show. Wendy, we're so glad that you're here. Oh, it's so fun to be here. So, this is such a great way to kick off December, right? Mm, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Wendy, so as Kim was reading your bio, uh, all of these little things that you've pulled into your career, right? You're not just this everyday lawyer uh, that shows up at work and does what I, lawyer things. I, I don't know what that is because I'm the only you're the only non-lawyer here. Um, but you've been like really able to kind of pivot your your business, pivot yourself and bring in a, a very different look and a different collection of experiences to your clients and who you work with. Um, I'm really curious. Normally, my question is, tell me about your career journey. Um, I want to know about I want to know about like what 
what brought you to like trying to pull those things closer to you, right? Like what was it like, it's a pivot in the sense that you're not that regular everyday attorney and you, you brought these experiences closer to you. I want to know a little bit about, about that. Like what, what, I don't know, motivated you or inspired you to bring those things closer. She's really looking for the question there, friends. So a lot, at first it was on accident, right? At first it was, it, it was definitely on accident in terms of, so if I look back at 26, I think it was 2016, I was a practicing family law attorney, but I remember thinking to myself, is this, is this it? Is this what I'm going to be forever and ever? And around the same time, um, a fellow attorney passed away. Actually, several attorneys passed away. Like my age was very bananas. And I remember reading one of the obituaries of one of them, and it was just all about being a lawyer. Like that was her whole obituary was about being a lawyer. And while I pride myself and being very good in that career while I liked that career, while I, I loved my clients, I liked the work I was doing. I didn't, I, I just think I had more in me than that. Then I don't want to say just a lawyer because then that like takes away from my, a lot of my friends and colleagues who are just lawyers and they're amazing lawyers. Um, but like for me, it's like I needed more than that. And I, I just needed, I had a different mark to leave on the world. So also in 2016, I began um, beach body coaching, um, kind of like, and I really only did it because I wanted a discount on like the shake, like they sell a shake, it's sort of expensive. I figured, oh, maybe I'll just start like selling it that will pay for mine and cool. Like, and I thought it was just going to be as easy as that. But I fell in love with the idea of coaching and I fell in love with coaching other women. And every morning I would sign on to my computer, I sign on to Facebook and I would look at my challenge group and I would be pouring into women every single morning between like six and seven in the morning. And that was my favorite time of day. And it was so much fun. And I was building women up. And then I would go to my law firm. And so often like in family law, like divorce and custody, all this, like your job, a lot of your job is like tearing someone else down to make like your client look better or tearing your own client down because what they're doing isn't good enough. And it just, it, it didn't feel good. So at first there wasn't an alignment, but then I started talking to my clients differently and I started realizing I can still build my clients up in the same way I build my coaching clients up and my vocabulary with them changed and the results I got for them changed, my relationships changed, and then how they viewed me and their experience and their divorce, all of that just changed. I'm like, okay, like I'm onto something here. So that that's how it began. I could go on and on. I was going to say, I, well, so we have some, some overlapping similar histories. So Wendy and I met in a different training program. So Louise and I met in um, our uh, certification program. Wendy and I met in another training program specifically mm -hmm. for coaches. Found out that Wendy and my best friend are actually people who knew each other. And then I found out Wendy knows more people that I know. And I was like, what? So we kind of created this thing, this, this connection. Um, and then found out that we had all these other similarities. Like I had done Beachbody as well for a while. That was what turned me onto, and it was the same time, 2015, 2016. It turned me onto this idea of coaching. And for me, it was how do I then turn that, not this type of coaching, because I wasn't loving that, into coaching that I did love, yep. um, which then led me eventually to Louise. So like I hear it and I go, yeah. And so what are we going to talk about? But Louise, I'm sure you have additional questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, I find it fascinating. And so like, I'm, I'm going to throw it out to, to both of you, I guess, is this idea of like, 
that you get to a place where it like, like you think that things are going along okay. And then there's something that happens in your life and you're like, oh, that's not, that's not okay. Like there's, there's more, or Wendy, you said that you were looking to make like, like you didn't want that to be your obituary. Like you were looking to be different, but to make a different difference. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, is that like, do you, do you see that? Is, is there, is there usually something that kind of like spurs us into action um, to make that like change or that pivot? And I'm trying, like, it's so hard sometimes now going all the way back to 2016 or reminding myself of what I didn't know back then. But I think, unfortunately, attorneys who are a very like underserved population in terms of personal development and in terms of realizing like what's really good for them in terms of self-care, because it's a really freaking hard job. Like you're where, especially family law, because you're wearing all of your clients' emotions, your own emotions about it. You bring all of that home. The first thing attorneys want to do then often, like pour a glass of wine, watch Netflix, veg out, be on the emails, be on the phone, be on this, be on that, like rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, and keep going without actually taking a step back and thinking, well, what do I actually want? Like, what? Do, who do I need to be? Like, how can I make the world a better place? And so when I realized I could start working with these women, like one-on-one -on -one to get them to a place where they wanted to be in their life. Like that's, that's what feels really good. I am a better coach in terms of helping other lawyers be amazing lawyers than I am a lawyer. And I realized that's where my strong suit lies mm -hmm. and people up. Um, and just like when I'm in like a room full of attorneys, sometimes like I want to bring the energy, like that lots of energy conversations today. Like, so like with Beachbody, we got to go to all these like fun events and summits and in the coaching world, we go to all these fun things and it feels very lively. I want to bring that liveliness to attorneys because I really think they need that too. Yeah. And for me, by 2015, 2016, I was already in the nonprofit sector for several years. I had left uh, being a practicing attorney earlier than that. I can't remember the exact year. It was, it was earlier than that. I think I, think I left practicing full-time around 20, 20, uh, 2009. Mm -hmm. um, 2008, 2009. Um, and I left because I, I was tired of fighting. I was, I was tired of the cycle of, um, fighting just to fight, creating uh, division because that was my job. Um, and I also did some mediation and it didn't, it still didn't feel soul filling. So I had pivoted into the nonprofit sector. And for me, it's that, that feeling Louise that you're talking about of like, how do you know when enough's enough? I think that's what like you were really thinking about that for me, both when I left the practice of law. And then again, when I left the nonprofit sector for me, it showed up as such visceral frustration. Like I felt it in every part of my body that I was frustrated, that I couldn't create the change, that I couldn't help the people that were in these systems, let alone my clients, let alone the people who are coming to our nonprofit for support. Like they, that was even secondary. I was seeing the people that I was working with and I couldn't help them. And I was picking up on what I learned later, right, is I was picking up and holding all their energy and then trying to be this little ray of sunshine to try and make things better. And anxiety 
um, that I felt it throughout my body. And um, I, I never want to be there again because that it, it was terrifying to be in that body at that time and completely disconnected from, from any sense of like, I knew I was here to do more, but, but I was disconnected from a sense of how I could do that. And, and so for, for you, Kim, that was like, like, I'm done, like Mm. with this, with this profession, with this space. And then how do, how do you move forward? Right. How do you figure out kind of what's next and how do you bring all of those strengths, all of those things that you've learned into that next role? Right. Right. Absolutely. And that was where with my own coach, my own coach's help, my coach, my therapist, what I, what I deem as my dream team, pulling them all together. I, they helped me see those threads that you were asking Wendy about earlier. It's like, yeah. How do you choose? It's, um, Loki fans in the house and spoilers, um, as he pulls the threads together, that is very much how I felt about what I have been able to craft and create for myself. Um, holding on to all of the things that feel like disparate threads. And Wendy, I don't know if that's been the same for you. Mm-hmm. It's right because they're you can see how they're connected. Yeah. But from the outside, it can be really hard for people to be like, that all goes together. You're like, what are you doing, Wendy? So like for me too, it's also like what I had to get rid of. And yeah. I made the decision, I think it was like two years ago, three years ago, I am turning off the spigot to litigation. So I'm still an attorney. I still mediate. Actually, I really love mediation. Um, it like invigorates me, especially when I get people to resolution. And I know I've saved them so much time and so much money. And when I can say like, look, you can go to attorneys, you can spend $100,000 this year, like easy, or we can settle it here and be done for a couple thousand bucks and you're done. Like, oops, like that nothing makes me happier than saving clients time, money, and emotional like welfare. Right. Um, but for me, it's like, I, I'm like, I can't litigate anymore. Like I, I have to stop it. And so my first big thing was like, okay, no more contentious cases, like no more, like can't do those. Cause I was in the same place, Kim, like February of 2020, right before Corona too, I had three really hard, really emotionally draining cases that all went to trial, which is rare for a family law practitioner. Like usually I have like one or two cases a year at three in a month. And like, it just felt really inefficient. And I felt like I was banging my head against the wall and I couldn't actually help my client achieve their goals in the way they wanted to because I have an opposing party, I have opposing counsel and I have a judge, right? So like I wasn't actually able to help the client how I wanted to. Whereas in coaching, you know, like coaching and like working one-on-one with people or mediation, I can help them achieve their goals. Like we have full control. So that's one of the reasons Mm -hmm. I needed to pivot. Um, But then I had to make another big decision again this is about a year and a half ago, I realized, Wendy, you can't even take the easy the easy cases. Because every time you take an easy case, like, yeah, it's easy, but it's taking up time and energy and movement in your brain. And then you're never going to be able to grow your other parts of your career that you really want to grow. And what do you really want to grow? And this is like a year and a half, I was having this conversation with myself at a conference. I'm like, I want to grow sparkle and grit. What is sparkle and grit? I'm like, I have to, I have to figure it out, but I can't figure out what sparkle and grit is if I'm still taking even like the easy cases, because yeah, they make money and yeah, it's income coming in, which is important, but I had to give myself like space, even though it was scary to have like the headspace to figure out what my next steps were. Yeah, absolutely. So which came first, sparkle or grit? Uh-huh. Uh, sparkle, sparkle came first. No one's asked me that question before. I like that. Sparkle came first. 
So I, I'm curious. So, right. We're here talking about resilience, right. And embracing resilience. And I think oftentimes so many of us confuse grit with resilience. Mm -hmm. And so I, I want to know Wendy about your definition of grit and like, what, like, what is that? Like, what is, what is grit? So I have to talk about sparkle for a teeny tiny bit and then I'll, and then I'll go to grit. So I think sparkle and grit is like a synergistic concept, right? So sparkle is the inspiration. It is like the thing that wakes you up and like, oh, I want that too. Or I could do this. Like I'm going to start a podcast or I'm going to be a coach or I'm going to run a marathon, whatever. Like you get really excited about something and you want to do it. Grit, like, so that's the sparkle is the excitement, inspiration. Grit is the teeny tiny baby steps you need to take Mm -hmm. to get there. So I define grit mostly as baby steps. Like you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and you keep doing it and you keep persevering and you keep through the process and you just keep finding the next thing and you do it and the next thing that you do it and you don't stop until you're done. Because grit, like and sparkle and grit, I don't think are anything without each other. Grit, mm-hmm. is, if it's just all the hard work without having a sparkle or why, it's like, why? What's the point? Like we're all on this earth for so long. Like, why would we do that? But sparkle with just being inspired, like without work, like, that doesn't do anything for you either. So that's why I think you need both. So it's kind of slowly making the plan. Kim and I, we talk about those baby steps too, right? And and pushing forward. What's, mm-hmm. I guess, I often hear people like that they, that they stay in a job that they don't like or they stay in a place that doesn't fill any of their buckets. I guess there's no sparkle left at all, Um, but people stay and they grind and they grind through because they feel like that's what they're supposed to do. Right. Um, And I, I think sometimes they get confused with I'm being resilient. I'm sticking it out. I'm like, I'm just going to be here and I'm just going to like push and grind. Um, But that's not what you're talking about at all. You're not talking about stay in the grind you're saying about how do you implement the process to get you where you want to go yeah like stay in the grind to achieve the things you really want like yeah it's a grind it's hard work but not to stay in the grind for the sake of being like i'm this is me i'd be curious to ask these people too like why like why do they feel they need to stay that's my point you know like what what is holding them there why are they (laughs) afraid to leave (laughs) I think there's four fears. Like there's four fears why people stay, but what are those four fears that you think yeah. people stay? I think it's fear of losing rela- fear of relationships, fear of losing relationships, because we all have defined our work family as our real family, even though they're not. Um, fear of the finances, like what's gonna happen? Like, are we going to not be able to feed our family? Um, fear of what it looks like on the other side, because they just don't even know what it looks like. I had my fourth. I had. The, I was doing this in another one earlier today, and I forgot the fourth one. I, I think so. The yeah, I think it's that last bucket is really both. It's, it's like fear of the startup of their own business. Like, what would that look like? And fear of how to conduct yourself as a business owner if people are looking to be entrepreneurs. Because entrepreneurship, it, it can be scary, right? Like, it's not always a walk in the park. But it's the fear of even. I guess it's the fear of failure. That'd be the fourth one. The fear of failing that it's not going to work. Yeah, and then there's the fear of success. That's, that's a big one that a lot of my clients bring up is that fear of success. Yeah. Cause it's like, if I'm successful, what does that actually mean? Yeah. 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 And this whole idea too, like pivots are scary, like mm-hmm. period, right? Like whatever kind of pivot that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 
I think we pivot because we've come up against an obstacle. Um, and so that's what's really telling us to say, hey, like, let's look kind of right to the shoulders of the road or right a different way around this because we we're, we can't keep pushing forward. We, we run out of energy. We run out of time. We'll even run out of money, um, yeah. right? Like if we just keep trying to push through that, whatever's there. Um, but, but that's, that story we tell ourselves is like, no, 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 that's the only way, right. The only way through is through. Um, and that's just not true. I agree. I I also think it's, we start to become like, we run out of, you said like time, money, energy, but it's also, we start to become a person we don't like anymore. Mm -hmm. Who is this complaining? For me, it was like, I was complaining all the time. Like I wasn't happy. Like I was looking at other people's families is more important than my own. But like I was becoming very bitter person. I'm like, this isn't who I am. I don't identify as being a bitter person. I identify as being like the cheerleader, pulling people up. I'm like, I, I can't. This is sucking my soul out. I can't yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. That, I think that's a really good point is when we when we don't recognize ourselves, right? That That is a really key indicator that we're in – we're in grind. We are not, we're, we're pushing too hard. We are in uh, misalignment with our values. We're in misalignment with our vision of ourselves and our future. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that it, it takes a certain level of awareness to even understand that we don't, we're not recognizing ourselves. Right, because a lot of us, I know that I've had clients, and I, I've even felt this way in the past, where you're like, "Well, I guess this is who I am." Yeah, yeah. So here, the three of us are on the other side of this obstacle, right? Because much like, right, I might not be, I, I don't have the lawyer background, but I do have the man. This is a really shitty job background, yeah. and it's like. <laughs> what am I doing here? Um, but, but I mean, it, it took a while. It's like that, right? Like it, the frog in the boiling water, right? Like I, it, it yes. I don't know this saying. Oh, oh, right. So yeah. If you, if you throw a, throw a frog in a pot of boiling water, it'll no. immediately jump out. It will. Okay. It, it will save itself. I just know lobsters. They don't jump out. They don't, but frogs do. But if you put a frog in a pot of water and then slowly heat it up, it's not jumping out. Oh, I hate this saying. <laughs> but it's, but it's, but it's, you know, because I think it portrays like you don't, it doesn't happen. It's not like you get to a job, you hate it instantly. It's like, I've like, had well, that. I know, but then, but lucky, lucky you if you get to a job and you hate it instantly because now you're like, let's hightail it out of here. That was a mistake that I won't make again. And then you make a move, right? Yeah. But yeah. it's this slow, like slowly boiling the water, warming it up, right? And we don't recognize what's happening. Um, and all of it, it feels like all of a sudden you look around and go, what is going on, but it's not all of a sudden at all. It's been this buildup over time. Yeah. So now that we're kind of, yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's, one, it's one little thing like, oh, I can deal with it. Mm -hmm. then it's like, yeah. Oh, I can deal with that. And then it's yeah. like, more to the point you. <laughs> yeah. You're crying in the bathroom. Yeah. 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 
So how do we help people who are not here on this side? So here they are. They are just, (laughs) they're small frogs in warm water. Um, Not anywhere close maybe to boiling yet, or maybe it's getting hotter. What, how do we help people recognize that they're in a pot of boiling water, that it's, that that it may not be working out for them? Go ahead, Wendy. I think I like what you, Kim, said before, which is like where how it feels in your body. Like if this person is waking up every day and they feel like I call anxiety bricks. I, before I knew what anxiety was and it first happened to me in law school, I would call it bricks on my chest. I had no mm-hmm. idea what it was. I just felt this like crushing sensation on my chest. I went to therapy at the time. Like I have bricks on my chest. I have bricks on my chest. She had no idea what I was talking about. It was not very helpful therapy at the time. <laughs> But like it was not frogs and boiling water and therapists that aren't aware. I am so sad today. (laughs) But like, you know, like, like, but Kim, I think you're so right. It's like figuring out when you're, when your body doesn't feel right. Or one of my examples I use, like when you're supposed to go into work and it's like so hard for you to even put your like hand on the doorknob to Mm -hmm. doorknob to walk in, like, okay, something's wrong here. Or if the Sunday scaries are so, okay, this is a good one. Pretend your listeners have young children, like young, like four-year-olds, where basically by Monday, you should be so excited to go to work so you can like have a minute to like think to yourself and your brain doesn't hurt, right? So your brain doesn't hurt anymore so you don't have like, yes, they're very cute four-year-olds, but it's also nice to be like, okay, see you later, have fun at preschool. If you are like, no, 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 I'd rather be home and go crazy and like have a mess and everything than have like a minute to have my headspace on Monday. Like, and I have Sunday scary so bad. That would be another good, I think, indicator. Yeah. Yeah. Our bodies are wise. They're very wise. And they don't, they don't leave things behind. So if you've had an experience before that was bad, was triggering, was right, you you felt the bricks on your chest, you felt um the pit in your stomach, you felt the lump in your throat, right? You felt shaky, you were crying in the bathroom, whatever that was, your body has held on to that information. And so if you start to recognize those feelings again, before they get like, you might feel a brick on your chest. It's like, Oh, what's that? How, what is that telling me? Mm -hmm. Be really aware because your body knows and it is holding the wisdom from everything it's learned before. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, Oh, I don't want to think about hot water, but this idea of really is bothering to me. I can't even. Um, oh, I am having a visceral reaction to this, friends. Like, I'm trying to hold my shit together. I just want to burst into tears. Like, it's that upsetting to me. And so I'm trying to think of it in terms of people who are so uncomfortable. And it's the same response. It's like, friends. Please be aware that if if something doesn't feel right, yeah. and I think back, so when do you use this example of four-year-olds? And I'm like, yes. And I think of all of my teacher friends. Mm-hmm. They're surrounded by four-year-olds or 14-year-olds or whatever. And if it's not feeling right, if you're not walking into there, and I'm not saying you have to walk into work every day lit up because Lord knows that's yeah. not realistic. But if you have this feeling that is, dread, anxiety, fear, worry, um, please, please find a way to talk with somebody 
who can help you find a way out or through, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, it may not be immediate, but just talking with somebody to yeah. start to put a plan of action into place can relieve some of that tension, some of that pain. I am like, I'm feeling it in all my body right now. Woo. Um, yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I just, please find somebody to talk with. Therapists are great. Um, except for Wendy's because apparently that was, <laughs> um, coaches are fantastic. There's three of them here. Um, you can go to your family and friends that can sometimes backfire, right? Because their fears get pushed onto you. So you really want to find a, um, a non-biased detached, um, uh, third party that you can just talk things through with. So yeah. One million, yeah. I'm going to do some tapping while you <laughs> Another important thing. And again, like I talk a lot about, I think there's so many things that people need. You need to take certain things away before you can see like what's actually mm -hmm. here. So I'm a huge proponent of like journaling in the morning and like tapping into how am I feeling? Like, how am I really feeling? And like, why? Like, why is that? What was yesterday like? And who do I need to be today? But our listeners won't understand how they are feeling in the morning if they're not having the best behavior the night before. Meaning if like people are drinking too much, if people are going to bed too late, if they're zoning into TV, and then if the first thing they do in the morning is look at their phone and go look at Facebook and Instagram, if we are so mired in things that we think will make us feel better at night and or needing to be tapped in in the morning, we never actually get to have yeah. that chance with ourselves. Right. So it's really stepping away and getting rid of things that aren't really served like they're band-aids and they're not actually serving us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think too, for me, um, it was more like I stayed in a really crappy job because I was trying to like fight the good fight. Right. Like I, I'm here and I am like, I'm going to like make myself know I'm going to like, right. And and it was actually through journaling when I was like, you know what? Like, this isn't my fight. Like, I needed to put that down. I wasn't going to change an entire organization um, from the place that I was put, uh, right? And in in that in that in that way, not just my positional place, but my place. Um, so I right, but it was like I needed to put that down before I could really see like what this job was doing to me, right? What that crying in the bathroom looked like daily. Why I sat in the car for five to ten minutes every morning before I could get up enough, right? Courage or gumption or whatever that was, just to walk in the front door. Um, but the, I thought it was I thought I was doing the I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought it was I was fighting. Um, but it wasn't my fight to fight, uh, right. It was it's slowly, slowly killing me. Um, mm -hmm. right. I was being boiled alive. Oh God. Stop it, Louise. Um, <laughs> this whole, <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to do that every time. I like that. <sighs> I know it's oh, fun gosh. seeing him freak out. So, <laughs> um, so to me, it's so interesting, Wendy, because the title of your book, mm -hmm. um, right. Sparkling. It's sparkle first and then grit. So sparkle and grit. Um, the sparkle I get. The grit to me, what we're talking about is what I always assumed grit was. Okay. And when I read Angela Duckworth's book, Grit, mm -hmm. Angela, you can come talk about it as well. Not a fan of the book. Um, 
I am, I, that was the feeling I got. I'm like, I have to suck it up and I have to be okay. And mm -hmm. I have to have the grit to stick yeah. it out. And I was like, wow, what a horrible message. Yeah. What a, like, don't, no, stop it. You do not. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of this, of embracing resilience, to me, resilience is more along the lines of what you're talking about with grit. Mm -hmm. Words are so important that, um, right. It's that place of finding the path to be on and you take one step at a time. So if you are in this horrible situation, um, if you, not even horrible, if you are in a situation that is not good, please don't let it get to horrible. Please don't let it get to untenable. If you are there, it's taking one step at a time and finding the resilience to get back to, or to even unearth that sparkle, that radiance. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you address that in the book, Wendy? The definition of grit? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, and like this idea of um, kind of finding your own grit and your own sparkle. Yeah. So I break and the book is broken down in different chapters to look at sparkle and grit in different like areas of somebody's life. But it's interesting when I first wrote the book, how I had it when I said grit, I'm like, well, I'm more curious about what your definition of grit is. And I even had like lines and my editor was like, but Wendy, like we, we can't do that. The student like they, they don't know, like you, you, your listeners, like your readers, like don't know that yet. You really need to define it for them. Um, so I think I talked about it in like the ways like I, I said sort of already like like what what excites you like what do you want you can go get it just you know with some gritty action just meaning you don't stop until you get there so i break down the book in terms of i have a copy in front of me so i can look at it too um in terms of like sparkle and grit synergy and like what it can really really do for you but it's also about like breaking the groundhog day cycle so the sparkle i think is it's kind of like not a fun, it's like a dull sparkle and figuring out what is your groundhog day now? And like, what do you want to break out of? And then also like go tapping back in and what makes you light up? Okay. What, what makes you light up? Like, well, when I was a kid, I really loved art class and I really wanted to take a ceramic, a throw, throw a bowl class. And my mom always said no, cause it was too expensive. I'm just totally making this up by the way. Like my mom said, no, it's too expensive. I can't do it. But I really wanted to do that as a kid. That always seemed cool. I'm like, okay. The gritty action would be simply as go online, go on Google, find a throwing the potty class and go do it and go and make friends and do these things and take the little actions to get there. So that's like different ways to disrupt Groundhog Day. I also talk about morning routine. And I think that does take gritty action in terms of making sure you're actually sticking with it, uh, being the CEO of your day, etc. Um, but I really talk about it as a synergetic synergistic concept where you need both to achieve the things that you really want. So in terms of like achieving a new career, like for right now, for example, I'm like, you know what? I really love public speaking. It's really fun to me. I like being on stage. I like inspiring audiences on mass because it just, it feels good to me. And I, I feel in my body, like you're saying, Kim aligned. Like when I was in California in October giving, like talking about the book, I never felt so. I like, on the stage, I was exactly where I was supposed to be in, in a way I have never felt before. Like, yes, this is it. So I'm like, okay, Wendy, I want to like increase my, grow my public speaking career. Okay, what did I do? Well, I bought a book, I bought a course, and I'm going through the course and taking the action and doing what they tell me in terms of homework to get there. I'm not doing it because it's something I think I have to do to growing my coach, my coaching business, right? It's not something I think is putting on upon me by someone else is because no this feels good to me and now i have to take the action steps to get there i can't just be like and this is who i am now but i do think that's a huge part of it that is a huge part huge, huge. Say, but that is part of it <laughs> huge part huge huge but like you know they, it, it takes some work too yeah yeah 
Well, manifesting happens when we, right, when we think the thoughts and, and come into alignment with the thoughts and then take the aligned action. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Got to do both. Got to do both. Um, I just looked up at the time, like, and you all had me in such a state, like I, oh, Lord, monkeys. Um, <laughs> that was, that was hard on me today. What, what is our, what are our golden nuggets? What are we taking away with us? from this conversation that that really is about a little bit about resilience, a little bit about radiance, a little bit about sparkle, a little bit about grit and frogs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor frogs. Um, uh, My, my golden nugget, I think is that is, is that it's those two things together, right? When, Wendy, I really love how you explain, like, we really can't have one without the other, right? Um, I think resilience is part of that, too, because if we don't have our um, our our goal, like, if we're not in alignment when we are being resilient, then I think it does turn into grind, right? And it, and it really does drain us. And so my nugget today is really about, like, let's remember that there's, like, two sides to this coin, um, and that they do go together and that we have to we have to be aligned and, and figure out what it is that we're moving towards, what it is that we want. Where's where's that sparkle? Um, and then and then moving, moving in that direction, actually taking action as opposed to just like spinning on the hamster wheel um, and staying stuck in the muck. So thank you, Wendy, for that nugget today. Ah, you're welcome. Wendy, what's your nugget today? My nugget, I think, is word choice. Right. Because if it's helpful for me to know, like if my word of grit scares people, you know, that's obviously I don't want to scare people. Like think of the grit as a grind or awful or not this great thing, but really to redefine grit, to, to redefine grit and like talk about it in terms of resilience and baby steps. And it's giving me some time to think about maybe that is part of my mission, too, is redefining what grit is. I do think it's the power of perseverance, but like with the why, you know, really making sure that the radiance and the why and the sparkle is in that message too. Yeah. 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 How about it's you? Because my mind was around the words as well. And, and I will say the power of words is real, right? And we all have different words that we respond to and we react to. And the fact that I had a visceral reaction, like it intense visceral, visceral reaction to the, the, the words that are just apparently a, a, an idiom that is out there in the world that I had never heard before and literally would be fine if I never hear again. But this, yeah, yeah, the frogs. Like, I don't want to hear, I won't. It was so upsetting to me, but that is the power of words. And so, well, my initial, like, what is my golden nugget is the, this idea of what you just said is, grit to me had a very different meaning and that I was so glad that you were able to unearth that for me, that, that you have this different meaning that you're bringing into the world. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can totally be on board with that. Yes. That's just not what I knew. And couple that with the fact that they're the power of words, what we say, we don't know how it's going to impact somebody else. Yeah. And there's a whole lot of highly sensitive people like me in the world. So careful yeah. what you say. No, I don't mean that. It's just as a highly sensitive person, I take it, take responsibility for myself to say, Ooh, yeah, those words were very upsetting. I will go figure out why that hurt me so much. Yeah. 
but that was really very interesting that it, I, it was like real time friends. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, Fun I of a live show. <laughs> I'm probably having too much humor with it. <laughs> I try no, to don't even apologize. That's it's my responsibility, not yours. Don't worry about that. Um, Wendy, where can people find you in the world? Uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and then also sparkleandgrit.com is probably the easiest thing to plug in. And you can see a link to my book, um, a link to me if you want to, you know, connect with me more. I always love making new friends, but that's probably the easiest way. Fantastic. Louise, love it. Where are we in the world? We are in all kinds of places. So not only are we live here every Friday, but we uh, change this beautiful conversation, all of these conversations into a podcast, your kick-ass career conversations. Uh, you can find everywhere. I think every, I'm going to say everywhere you listen to podcasts. It's both audio and like video everywhere. So we're yeah. YouTube, wherever. And you can also find us at your kickasscareer.com. Uh, please join us. Kim and I are doing a whole slew of events coming up, uh, ending this year with a bang, um, even starting next week. Uh, I believe we've got something going on just about every week till the holidays. So uh, come on over to your kickasscareer.com and check it out. Uh, those events are free. Um, they are. They are. Who do we have coming up next week? Uh, we have Donna Fields coming up next week. I can't wait to talk to Donna all about magical frameworks. I don't know what that means. Uh, right? <laughs> so, yes. For those who are listening now who will join us next week, it is – so Donna – is an educator who works with educators. And so she helps create frameworks of learning. And so she has this, this magical way of doing that. So I'm excited to learn because it's not just educators that, that teach, we, we all teach and we all learn. And so being able to lean into how we do that and the psychology behind it, I think is going to be an interesting conversation. Love it. Love it. Uh, Wendy, I loved meeting you today. I loved this conversation. Thanks so much for uh, coming on board and riding this wave with us um, and seeing where this conversation went. Uh, it's been a blast. Yeah, thank you. It's great meeting you, Louise. Kim, it's good. Thank you for inviting me and having me on here. I love this whole StreamYard. This is cool. This is a cool platform you get. And it's, it's good work you guys are doing, having these conversations and live. And in a way, it's like very authentic, right? It's authentic. It's Nothing's planned. And no one knew what was going to come out of it. Nothing's planned. <laughs> we did not plan to talk about frogs at all today. And no. look what happened. I'll be okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for coming, Wendy. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. If you're live, if you are listening to the replay, I don't believe there's Betamax anymore in the world. But, you know, those, those old things are out there somewhere. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, I'm done. I am all done. Goodbye. <laughs> we'll Take care, everyone. <laughs> Bye for now.